selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Hi everyone, I hope you're all doing so well and welcome back to the Criminal Makeup Podcast. Each episode we dive into the minds of some of the worst criminals in history and today we're going to be talking about the case of Stephen Playdoll. So this case, it's a bit of a heavy one. When I first covered it on YouTube, which was a while ago, over a year ago now, it was probably the heaviest story I'd covered so far. And I do have to warn you about this case. There are some parts of this story that are not easy to listen to. This case is most well known because of the fact that Stephen Playdoll had an incestuous relationship with his own daughter. Yes, you heard that right. Stephen entered into a relationship with his young biological daughter, which is just horrifying in itself. And it turns out that the fact that Stephen was having a relationship with his daughter, that fact alone turned into a huge global news story. And that was before the tragic events of today's case happened, which is just crazy that he was already in the news before he did what he did, which is obviously what we're going to get into. And you can definitely understand why him having a relationship with his daughter made it onto the news, because that is pretty shocking and terrible to hear. Unfortunately, after doing so many cases now and researching, incestuous relationships are way more common than I originally thought, which is just truly disturbing. However, following the news story of Stephen Pladel and his incestuous relationship, things took an even darker turn. Stephen started to become more and more unhinged, and this resulted in some terrible consequences and I mean truly just horrible. So what we're going to be talking about today, I do need to give a disclaimer. This case does contain child abuse and grooming, so please be aware of this before listening to this episode. And now let's dive into the case of Stephen Playdoll. (laughs) 
So this story starts in 1995 when Stephen Playdell is 20 years old. And I try to find out Stephen's background. You know that I like to start with the background because I think it is important to look into the background of people because obviously it doesn't excuse what they do, but it helps us understand maybe why they made the decisions and the choices that they did and how certain things happened. I literally couldn't find anything and I couldn't even find out his birthday, which means I can't tell you his star sign and you know that I like to tell you what people's star signs are, but I figured out by his age that he must have been born in 1975. All I could find out from reports that were given after this case takes place was that he was a little bit of an outcast in school and that is it. Don't know about his hobbies, don't know about his interests, don't know about his parents, nothing. So we don't really have much to go on on this case. So we're literally starting this case when he is 20 years old and he is currently living in New York. And when he is 20, he starts speaking to a girl called Alyssa Garcia and she is 15 years old. Yes, he's 20, she's 15. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's the kind of person he is. And like I said, they were speaking online and Stephen starts to groom Alyssa. So at first they're just speaking online and this goes on for a little while and then they decide that they wanna meet up. And Alyssa lives in San Antonio, Texas. So Stephen makes the trip from New York to San Antonio. And after Stephen's first visit, he does visit quite often. They start seeing each other more and more. And she's 15. Like, I feel like I need to point that out again. She's 15, this is illegal. And you would think that Alyssa's parents would have something to say about this. They wouldn't be happy, but they didn't care. They didn't care that this 20 year old was taking advantage of their daughter. So Alyssa and Stephen are kind of seeing each other for around two years and then Alyssa becomes pregnant. And then in January 1998, Alyssa does give birth to a little girl and they call her Denise and Alyssa is 17 years old when she gives birth. So she's still a child at this point. And I don't quite know when they moved in together. I don't know if it was before the birth or after. I really don't know. But at some point they both moved to Virginia and this is where they're living together. And they're living as this little family with their newborn baby girl. And this is when things start to go downhill, even though they were already pretty bad because Stephen is taking advantage of a child and grooming them. But yeah, things get even worse from here. Alyssa would witness Stephen abusing their daughter. He would pinch Denise so hard that he would leave like little bruises all over her body. Like this is a baby. I don't, I don't understand child abuse full stop, but I just, this is a little baby and he's pinching her skin so hard that Alyssa would find little bruises all over her body. And then this next thing is disgusting. So Stephen would get really annoyed at Denise crying. I mean, she's a baby, she's gonna cry, but he would get really annoyed at her crying and to shut her up, he would put her in a cooler shut the lid and just leave her there. And then he would wait until almost all of the oxygen had ran out before he would let Denise back out. Stephen really is the worst. I'm gonna be saying that a lot in this case, but just in case you forgot, Stephen really is the worst. And these are just some examples that we know of, of the abuse that has gone on. Alyssa has actually said that there were more things that have happened. She's actually said that there were more darker things that have happened, but she can't bring herself to talk about them. So we don't know the full extent of the abuse, but the cooler is bad enough. And if worse things happen than that, it's 
It's hard to imagine. And Alyssa felt completely powerless in this situation. We need to remember that Alyssa is also a victim of Stephen and she was so distressed about what Stephen was doing to their daughter. And Stephen was a very volatile, a very aggressive character. He would be abusive to Alyssa as well. And she just didn't really know what to do in this situation. So Alyssa made one of the hardest decisions she has ever had to make. And she decided that the only way to protect her daughter, Denise, was to put her up for adoption. She really didn't want to, but she felt like she had no other choice. And Denise was around eight months old when she was adopted by a couple, Anthony and Kelly Fusco. And after she was adopted, the couple did rename Denise to Katie. And then Katie obviously went to live with this couple in Dover, New York. And from this point onwards, Katie had a pretty normal childhood. She was really close with her adoptive parents. Her adoptive uncle has said that she absolutely loved animals. She was very artistic, she was a vegetarian, and she was also a foodie. And her nickname would actually be Pac-Man because she would just always be eating. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Katie also had a pretty normal school experience as well. She was a cheerleader. And like I said, she was very artistic. This was her biggest passion in life. And she had actually said that a pen and something to draw on became her safe place. And once Katie finished high school, she was planning on going to college to study art to follow her passion. And I couldn't find out exactly when, but to be honest, it doesn't really matter. But she did find out that she was adopted. And her adopted parents said that she was okay with this. Like she took the news pretty well that didn't really seem to bother her but quite understandably she was curious about her biological parents because she wanted to know where she came from so whilst katie is living this relatively normal happy life in new york we're going to jump back to stephen and Alyssa now and they are still together they are still living together and not much is known about their relationship after they gave denise up katie up for adoption but what we do know is 10 years after they gave Katie up for adoption, Alyssa decided that they were 
a little bit more mature now and she wanted to have more children. She thought that they were old enough, they were more stable, they were just like more mature, they were in a better place to raise children. So they did go on to have two children, not at the same time, they weren't twins, but they did go on to have two daughters. However, this didn't really go to plan. Like Elizabeth thought that they were more mature and everything was gonna be okay, but it wasn't. Raising the two daughters caused a lot of tension in Alyssa and Stephen's relationship. And unsurprisingly, most of the tension did come from Stephen's side because of his temper. Alyssa just always felt on edge around Stephen. She just always felt like she was walking on eggshells. She just felt like she couldn't do anything right and the smallest thing would send Stephen off the edge. Stephen would often smash things in the house. He would also often punch holes in the walls. He just wasn't a very nice person to be around. Being in that kind of relationship in that household was just very toxic. It wasn't a good situation for Alyssa or the two daughters. Stephen also struggled to hold down a job. Don't know why, but I assume it's because of his bad attitude. And for eight years, it was actually on Alyssa to provide for the family. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of an idea of the family dynamic. Okay, so we're gonna jump back to Katie now and she is currently 18 and she has decided that she wants to make contact with her biological parents and she managed to track them down on social media and Alyssa and Stephen respond they're messaging back and forth for a little while Katie finds out that they have two daughters like Katie has found out that she's got two sisters they're living in Virginia and everything seems to be going well I mean that would be such a scary situation to get in contact with your biological parents like you just you just don't quite know how that's gonna work out and so far up until this point everything seemed to be going smoothly but then Katie all of a sudden decided she was going to pack up, change her plans. Like she was going to go to college and study art, but she changed her plans and she decided to go to Virginia and move in with her biological family. Like just drop everything in New York and move to Virginia, which is just very weird. Like that decision came all of a sudden and I don't really know what made her make that decision so suddenly, um, but that's what she decided. And naturally Katie's adoptive parents were hurt. They were very shocked by this sudden decision, but they were supportive because obviously Katie is their daughter, but they also felt like there was nothing they could really do. Katie was 18. She was old enough to make these decisions herself. So they were a little bit wary, but they tried to be as supportive as they possibly could and support her in this decision. Katie moves to Virginia to be with her biological family. And when she gets to the Playdoll household, she meets her two little sisters, and her two little sisters are over the moon. Because at this point, when Katie is 18, they're 11 and six. They think it's amazing that they've got this big, cool older sister. And they were just really excited about the whole thing. And Katie's relationship with Alyssa, her biological mother was really good as well. Like she had this really good relationship with her sisters and her mom. But then Stephen, the relationship was, it was a little, I mean, it was weird. I don't know why I'm trying to say it was a little bit weird. But even from the start, from the very beginning, Stephen's behavior was very troubling and disturbing towards Katie. He was just acting very strangely around Katie. He was spending a little bit too much time with her. Like he was just a bit too clingy. It was just a little bit weird, questionable. And he was also spending a lot more time on his appearance. He was trying to make himself look younger, basically. He shaved off his beard because he wanted to look younger. He was also dressing younger as well. He was wearing skinny jeans and t-shirts that he wouldn't normally wear. He was trying to match Katie's style to seem more appealing to her, which is just, oh my God, that's your daughter. 
it's just, it's sick. And he's 42, by the way, at this point in the story and Katie's 18. So yeah, she's technically an adult, but she's also your daughter. And Alyssa notices Stephen's strange behavior and she becomes concerned. I mean, she knows what Stephen is like. I mean, I don't think she completely knew what he was like, but we've got to remember that Alyssa is also the victim of Stephen. He groomed her when she was 15. So she does kind of know what he's like and she became really concerned about Stephen's behavior. So Alyssa decided that she was gonna tell Katie how Stephen used to abuse her when she was a baby. The pinching, the cooler, the other things that we don't know about. She decided to tell Katie this because she wanted to warn her, like, this is the man that you're dealing with. Be careful. And Katie didn't exactly react in a normal way. And everyone would react differently to news like that. But you would expect someone to be horrified, upset, angry. Katie felt none of this. She actually felt nothing. It didn't even bother her. I mean, how does it not bother you finding out that your biological father used to abuse you when you were a baby? That would bother anybody. And if anything, after finding this out, Stephen and Katie actually grew closer. How? Stephen started to spend even more time with Katie. He was already spending a lot of time with her, but he was spending even more time with her. He even started sleeping on the floor in her bedroom, which is just weird. Why are you sleeping on the floor? Why? It's, it's not a sleepover, you're 42. And obviously because Alyssa was in the house, she saw that Stephen was doing this and she confronted him about it. She's like, what the hell are you doing? This is weird, why are you sleeping? on the floor of your daughter's room. Your daughter, I feel like I need to keep reminding everybody of this because I feel like too many people in this story frequently forget that they're biologically related. But in typical Stephen fashion, he just lost it. He stormed out. He was really angry that he was even confronted about this. As Stephen and Katie's relationship grew closer, Alyssa and Stephen's marriage actually started to fall apart. And in November 2016, Alyssa did file for divorce. Before the divorce was final though, Alyssa did move out and she moved out with her two younger daughters. And Alyssa and Stephen did split the custody of those two daughters. But Katie decided to stay living with Stephen. And now that Alyssa and the two younger daughters had moved out, this is when Stephen saw this as his opportunity to advance his relationship with his daughter, Katie. I can't believe I'm even saying this line, like I don't wanna say it. And this is when Stephen and Katie's relationship became sexual. It just makes me sick, it's disgusting. And Stephen and Katie's relationship escalates very quickly. They basically become this couple sleeping in the same bed. And Alyssa has no idea about this. They do keep this from Alyssa. I know she's aware that Stephen is very creepy towards Katie, but she doesn't actually know that they're in a relationship together and it's turned sexual. Because Alyssa is unaware of Stephen and Katie's relationship, she continues to send her two younger daughters to stay at the house because obviously they've split custody of these two children because if she was aware of this, I can tell you now, she would not be sending her two younger daughters to be staying there. But what is even worse, I don't know if any of you will find this even worse, but I do. When the two younger daughters were staying at Stephen's house, Katie and Stephen still acted like a couple. It's like, could you not just turn it off? But how messed up is that? How confusing would that have been for those two young girls? They've gone from living with their dad, mom, and older sister to now going to stay with their dad and his 
girlfriend who is also their sister. It's just so messed up. But what is even worse is that Stephen tried to make his two younger daughters refer to Katie as their stepmom. He also made the two younger daughters swear that they wouldn't tell anyone and he told them that if they did tell anyone everyone would make fun of them which is just so manipulative and horrible because of course children aren't going to want to tell anybody anything if they think that people are going to make fun of them. It's oh god he's horrible. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. So this goes on for around six months with no one actually knowing, apart from the two young daughters, no one knowing that Stephen and Katie are in this full-blown relationship. And then one day, I don't know what happened, maybe something happened to cause Alyssa to do this, but she decided to go through her daughter, the 11-year-old's, diary and what she found was horrifying and you can just see because there are images of the extracts of this diary you can see how confused this girl is it's horrible she is just so all over the place so there is a lot in this diary but she basically says katie's pregnant did dad make katie pregnant dad says she's my stepmom Am I her daughter or her sister? She also writes that she loved Katie as a sister, but now she's just completely confused about the whole relationship. She also writes in her diary, quote, my dad is a slut. He is Satan. He is fucking Satan. She also goes on to say in the journal, which it's just heartbreaking that a child is having all of these thoughts and is so confused and he's writing in this kind of way. She also says that, wait one second, if he's Satan and Katie's a human, then the baby will be half demon. And then she also said, which is just very telling of what Stephen is like, she said, quote, he'll go to hell, but he won't be the one being tortured. He'll be the one torturing people. And it's just really easy to forget that this little girl is 11. She shouldn't be writing things like this in her diary. She shouldn't be having these thoughts. And it's her father that is causing this. After Alyssa finished reading the diary, she completely lost it. I mean, anyone would. She felt so sick. She felt sick to her stomach. She thought she was going to throw up and she just started screaming. But she does phone Stephen straight away to confront him about this situation. So when she phones Stephen to confront him about the situation and 
possibly clarify that what she was reading was true. Because I don't know about any of you, but if I read that, I almost wouldn't believe it because it just doesn't seem real. So when she talks to Stephen, he confirms that it's true and he responds, oh my God, in such a sick way. He responds to Alyssa by saying, quote, I thought you knew, we're in love, end quote. And Alyssa was gobsmacked. She was sick to her stomach. She was just like, how could you? She's a child. She's your child. And Alyssa did what most people would do. She phoned the police. And this is where this story should end because the police were contacted. They should have gotten involved. They should have arrested Stephen because incest is illegal. Just want to point that out. Yeah, I should be ending the video right now. However, the police did absolutely nothing. All they did was interview the two younger daughters about the situation and that was it. They didn't arrest Stephen. They didn't even interview Katie. They didn't even speak to her. And like I said, incest is illegal in Virginia, which is where they were living at the time. So it doesn't even matter that Katie is an adult because she is, she's over 18. It doesn't matter. Incest is illegal. And incest is actually illegal in all US states apart from Rhode Island and New Jersey. But in both of those states, I can't remember which one is which, both parties have to be over 16 in one of them and 18 in another. And I can't remember which one. So after Alyssa reported Stephen to the police, I mean, I assume she thought something would be done, but the fact that nothing was done made her terrified. She was so terrified of Stephen because she knew what he was like. She knew how volatile he was and he was also obsessed with guns, which is just never a good combination, is it? Alyssa has said that she feared for her life because obviously Stephen would know that it was Alyssa that reported him and he would not be too happy about it. And every time Alyssa left work, she was so scared she had to get security to escort her from the building to her car. And she was also scared every single time she pulled up at a junction, at a stop sign. She was always terrified that a car, if it pulled up next to her, was gonna be Stephen and he would be armed with a gun. So while Alyssa is scared for her life, Stephen and Katie just continue on as if nothing has gone on. They continue on with their relationship. And it was around this time that Katie fell pregnant with her father's child. Oh God, it just makes my skin crawl. And I'm just gonna point out, I never realized that saying someone has fallen pregnant was such a weird thing to say <laughs> until you guys pointed it out on my Tracy Andrews video. Now that I think about it, saying that someone has fallen pregnant <laughs> is actually a really weird thing to say. And I don't know why us British people say it. And then because Katie was pregnant, they decided that they should get married. So on July 20th, 2017, that's exactly what they did. They got married. They traveled to Maryland and it wasn't just the two of them. They had guests. It's just so, oh God, it's bizarre. I don't even know what to say. So the guests at the wedding were Stephen's mom, also Katie's grandma, and also Katie's adoptive parents were there as guests. I just can't wrap my head around people going to a person's wedding where a father and a daughter are getting married and pretending like everything is okay. And they're all just there smiling, happy, enjoying the day. And you can see in the pictures how heavily pregnant Katie is as well. And they're just still all smiling as if nothing bizarre is going on. And I just wanna point out that this a wedding was illegal. They weren't allowed to get married. They actually lied on their forms because obviously if they said that they were actually father and daughter, they wouldn't be allowed to get married. I honestly don't think that I could just 
stand by. I don't. I'd get involved. I couldn't let this happen. I just would. I, I don't care. I would. But apparently Katie's adoptive parents, Anthony and Kelly, said that they felt that there was nothing they could do and they wanted to support Katie in her decision. But oh, oh, I, how? How? I know as parents you shouldn't like intervene in your child's life too much and let them be who they want to be and stuff but seriously this is the time where you get involved i've just realized that i said this is the kind of situation where parents should get involved but katie's marrying one of her parents it's just it's sick it's disgusting i'm trying here to give kelly and anthony the benefit of the doubt here i really am because maybe they thought if they intervened too much they would push Katie further away and they would push Katie further into the arms of Stephen. So maybe they didn't want to do that because they could see the risk. So after Stephen and Katie are married, they do move to Nightdale, North Carolina. And a few months later, on September 1st, 2017, Katie gives birth to a little baby boy and they name him Bennett. And it's just so bizarre because if you think about it, Katie has just given birth to her son but also her brother. And Bennett is Stephen's son, but also his grandson. And when I was researching this case, I did come across a theory that could possibly explain the relationship between Katie and Stephen. And I don't really feel like it can be explained, but I came across this theory called genetic sexual attraction. And this is described as an overwhelming sexual attraction that can develop between close blood relatives when they first meet as adults. And obviously this is what happened with Stephen and Katie. They first met when they were adults. So it's rare that this can happen, but there are other cases actually where this has happened and it's just, I don't get it. Even if this theory is true or whatever, Surely there is something in your brain that would tell you that it's wrong. I mean, Freud would have a field day with this. So Stephen and Katie are living together for a few months as this happily married couple in North Carolina. But then in January 2018, they are both arrested and extradited back to Virginia. They were finally being charged with incest. Eight months after Alyssa initially reported it. Police first administered a DNA test just to confirm that they obviously were related. And obviously the results came back that they were. So they were both charged with incest, adultery, and contributing to delinquency. And they were facing up to 10 years in prison. Stephen's lawyer tried to defend the case. And I get that he's a lawyer. I get that this is his job. But his defense was, this was just a 40 year old man who was just having trouble in his marriage when an 18 year old turned up at his doorstep basically insinuating that Stephen couldn't help it because he was a man having trouble in his marriage when an 18 year old turned up you're missing out the key part there you're missing out the fact that it was his daughter that turned up on his doorstep his lawyer also said that they had an instant bond and they fell head over heels in love with each other this bond this love just outweighed the fact that they were biologically related. I'm sorry, but that's not a defense. Stephen was able to make bail and he was released pending trial. The judge ordered him to leave the state of Virginia and to not have any contact with Katie, but also Alyssa. It also seized all of his guns. However, the judge didn't say anything about Bennett, the son. He didn't say that he couldn't have contact with his son, which is crazy. And 
The court took the baby away from Katie. For some reason, the court decided that the best place for Bennett would be was with Stephen's mom. Why did they think that? I mean, I realized that they probably wanted to place Bennett with a relative, but why Stephen's mom? The court is basically putting Bennett in a situation where Stephen can have full access to him. I think it's pretty obvious that Stephen is, is a danger to most people around him. And considering that he already abused one baby, uh, I don't understand why the court didn't deny him access to another baby. And believe it or not, Stephen was actually released on bail before Katie. Why? Why are they holding Katie any longer than Stephen? I just feel like Katie is being treated the same as Stephen in this situation. I feel like the court have failed to see that Stephen is in a position of power. He is older and he has taken advantage of this young girl. I mean, she's 18. I know she's an adult, but she's still so young and the court have failed to see that. I don't understand why they kept Katie longer, but they did eventually release her on bail. And she was ordered to not have any contact with Stephen. And she actually moved back to Dover, New York with her adoptive parents. And also because she wasn't allowed any contact with Stephen, that would make it really difficult for her to see her son because the son has been placed in Stephen's mom's custody. It's like the best place for Bennett to have been would have been with Katie and her adoptive parents in New York. I don't understand why the court made this decision. And it was at this point when the incest charges happened that this case gained a lot of media coverage. Both Stephen and Katie started to make headlines all around the world. And like I said in the beginning of the video, this is before the tragic events of this case take place. They were already in the news. So whilst all the media attention was going on, Katie and Stephen were living separate lives. Katie was in New York. Stephen was back in North Carolina. However, it was just a few weeks after they were both released on bail that Katie broke the no contact order. She actually phoned Stephen and said that she wanted to end their relationship. She didn't want anything to do with him. She had finally come to her senses and Stephen did not take this very well at all. He was furious. He was devastated. He felt like all he had in his life was Katie and Bennett. Like that was all he had. That was the only thing that he was living for other than the fact that he had two other daughters that he's clearly forgotten about, but whatever. So after this conversation with Katie on the 11th of April, 2018, Stephen went over to his mom's house where she had baby Bennett. And he told his mom that he had come to collect Bennett because he wanted to take him to see Katie. And Stephen's mom just let him take baby Bennett. And I don't know anything about Stephen's mom. I'm really trying not to judge her here um, because she may have been scared of Stephen. Stephen is a very violent and aggressive character. We just don't know the relationship between him and his mom. So I'm trying not to judge because obviously she didn't stop him from taking Bennett, but I just feel like she should have phoned someone. She should have phoned someone at this point. And we also don't know if she did phone anybody whether that would have changed the outcome of the case. However, Stephen didn't take Bennett to New York where Katie was. Instead, he took Bennett back to his house in North Carolina. And I just wanna warn you, this next bit is very distressing. It's not easy to hear. So when Stephen has Bennett, he takes Bennett back to his house in North Carolina. And when he is there, he strangles Bennett to death and then he leaves his body locked away in a closet. Following this horrific murder, Stephen gets in his minivan and he starts driving 
all the way to New York to see Katie. And he drove through the night. And this is not a short trip from where he was in North Carolina to where Katie was in New York. It was around 600 miles. And this drive would have taken him about 10 hours. And he arrived at Katie's house, her adoptive parents' house, early the next morning. And when he got there, he just parked up near the house and he started watching the house. Also on his trip to New York, somehow, somewhere, he managed to get hold of a gun and he was just sat outside of Katie's house waiting for someone to leave. And he actually knew their routine pretty well. And he knew at some point Katie would leave with one of her adoptive parents to go visit her grandmother in Connecticut. This is exactly what happened. Katie left her house with her adoptive father, Anthony, and they got in the car to visit Katie's grandmother who lived in Connecticut. And when they left, Stephen started to follow them. And there's actually CCTV footage of where you can see Stephen pulling out in his minivan, following Anthony and Katie in their car. So Stephen was following them in his minivan for a little while, just waiting for the right opportunity when they stopped. And when they did stop, Stephen got out of his van and he started shooting at their vehicle. He killed Katie and her adoptive father, Anthony, in cold blood just while they were sitting there in their car. And while Stephen was carrying out these murders, an off-duty firefighter was actually witnessing what was going on and he phoned 911. 911, what's the location oh. of your emergency? Someone just went by and shot this guy in the truck. The car pulled up, went around him, shot him. Whole clip pulled into his head. He's deceased, Bob. The he, truck's in the middle of the road. He, he's dead? Yes, sir. Brains are on the road. And he was shot. Did you see the person who shot him? Yeah, we pulled up. There's a whole... Yeah. Can you describe the vehicle to me? It's a blue minivan with, I believe, a South Carolina plate. As soon as Stephen left the scene, he phoned his mom straight away to confess about what he had done. He told her what he had done to Bennett and also what he had done to Katie and her adoptive father. And after she got off the phone with Stephen, she phoned 911 straight away to report him. 911, address of the emergency. Yes. Um, uh, my son just called me and uh, he told me he. Oh my God! Uh, he killed his his baby, and he's in the house. Okay, you said that he told you he killed his baby. <laughs> okay. His wife broke up with him. He told me she's in New York, and he told me he was on his way. He called me last night and said he's on his way. He's going to bring the baby to her, and then he was coming back. And he just, he just, okay. he said he doesn't have, he killed his wife, he killed her father, and he, I can't even believe this is happening. Okay. He left the baby dead when he left. Okay, where did, where did he leave the baby? Okay, he said it was in the... <laughs> So after the police get the reports on Stephen, they obviously try and find him straight away. And it doesn't take long for the police to actually find Stephen's minivan. They find it five miles away from the scene where he just killed Katie and Anthony. And when they cautiously approach the minivan, they find Stephen dead. He had shot himself. After the brutal murders of his son, Bennett, his daughter, Katie, and her adoptive father, Anthony, 
Stephen had driven five miles away from the scene, parked up his vehicle and he took his own life. After an investigation, the police concluded that Stephen embarked on this killing spree after he found out that Katie wanted to end their relationship. Like I said, Stephen felt like he had nothing else in the world apart from Katie and Bennett and he thought he was going to lose that. And the police closed the case. They didn't even look into it any further. So who is to blame in this case? I mean, obviously Stephen is to blame. Obviously he was the one that did all of this, but I just feel like in this case, there were so many instances where somebody could have stepped in and prevented this from happening. Alyssa had a lot of anger towards the authorities in the aftermath of this case. She said that Stephen should have never been allowed back to North Carolina, where he had access to his house, which had guns in. He even had easy access to his Bennett. I mean, it's really easy to forget that when all of this happened, when these murders happened, Stephen was out on bail pending trial for incest. He was on the authorities' radar. Alyssa has also said that Stephen was a mass shooter in the making. I mean, out of everyone, she was the one that probably knew him the best. He was very abusive in their relationship. He was also an outcast in school. And don't forget that he also had a fascination with guns. And this is just like something that I picked up on, but I think it's such a weird coincidence that Stephen killed Anthony and Katie in a way that Alyssa had feared. Remember that Alyssa feared when she was driving, when she would come to a stop sign, a junction, that Stephen would pull up alongside her with a gun and kill her. And yeah, I just think it's a weird coincidence that that almost did happen with Katie and Anthony. It's like Alyssa could literally see what was going to happen to somebody. She obviously didn't know that it was going to happen to Katie and Anthony, but that's what she feared herself. And it's really hard in this case to know where exactly to place the blame? Like how much blame to place on the rest of the family that just went along with this relationship? I mean, like I said, in the case, her adoptive parents may have been worried about getting too involved and pushing Katie further towards Stephen, but it's just hard to believe that there was nothing more they could have done. And as for Stephen's mom, I don't know about Stephen's mom, don't know anything. And again, I don't wanna judge, but as soon as Stephen took Bennett from her, she should have phoned the police. And if she had have phoned the police, we don't even know if that would have made a difference because to be honest, the police in this case don't really seem interested and don't really seem to be taking it that seriously. But something that I just can't get over is when she phoned 911 to report her son about what he had done. She was constantly referring to Katie as his wife. His wife broke up with him. Not his daughter, which she should have been doing. That, oh, that really just, oh, that creeped me out, disgusted me and annoyed me. So I don't know. I mean, I know obviously Stephen is 100% to blame, but I just feel like there were so many situations where the police or somebody could have stepped in, could have tried to do more. It seems like in this case, Alyssa was the only one that actually tried to do something. But even still, when she tried to do something, no one really took her that seriously. So that was the case of Stephen Playdoll. And like I said at the very beginning, that was definitely not an easy one to listen to, but cases involving children never are. And to think of the things that Stephen did to his own daughter, Katie, as well as his son, Bennett, it's just truly horrifying and impossible to wrap your head around. When it comes to Stephen and his crimes, I just have no words to explain his actions. I can just never wrap my head around 
people like Stephen? What was his motive? What was he planning to achieve other than complete destruction? All I want to say is that my heart really goes out to Alyssa and the rest of the family and I just hope that they're doing okay. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much everyone for listening today. Subscribe or follow to make sure you never miss an episode of The Criminal Makeup. And if you love the show, it would mean a lot if you could leave a five-star review. In the meantime though, if you've been affected by any of the themes in this episode, please take the time to look at the description for this episode for some helpful resources. Special thanks to my producers at Audio Boom Studios and I'll see you all in the next one. Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. <laughs>